What does it mean to be smart? How do you know that you're smart? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to the Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual, the only place that has all the answers but is open to be proven wrong. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, poster boy for imposter syndrome, and with me as always is my radically reflective co-host, Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and someone who has both worried that he's too smart and too <laughs> stupid <laughs> multiple times throughout his lifetime. That, that is, but you know what? That is the sign of a very smart person. Yeah. My wisdom is both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> but see, I had this, this eternal regress where Sakri said something about like, you only know if you're smart if you know you're not smart. Yes. So I'm like, I know I'm not smart. Wait, am I smart? But also you surround yourself with other smart people. So you know, you're, you'll have your um, varying degrees of relative. I know, but it's me who deem them smart. <laughs> maybe we're a couple of idiots. And maybe, who knows? But you know, ignorance is bliss. Exactly. But is it though? Is it though? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into all of that because today, is we are t- talking about how you know you're smart. And of course, one of the answers to me, among other things, is one way you know you're smart is you enjoy this podcast. Yes. So for all the people who do enjoy this podcast, Nathan, what can they do to help engage with us more and also engage with other people who enjoy the podcast? See how I did that segue there? Was yeah, that well, if you are a really intelligent person who really likes this podcast, and that's anonymous. Exactly, yes. <laughs> um, you can go to our private Facebook group, which is super fun. And now, by the way, I know now we have over a thousand members. So, cool. so a thousand of you overthinkers are now in this private overthinkers group on Facebook where you can connect and we can laugh about memes together. Really mm-hmm. clever, smart memes. Yes. Uh, we have great articles, great discussions, and just really fun times. A lot of overthinkers like yourself and a really good natured place. So we'd love to have you in the private Facebook overthinkers group which is now again, I'm really excited, over a thousand people, which is so, so cool. Thank you everyone so much for joining and you guys make it such a good time to be there. Absolutely. So, yeah, all right. And um, you can also find out more about us at theoverthinkersjournal.com where you can read some articles, find out about your hosts. And I'm really, really excited. Uh, mm. We actually are in the midst and currently, like as, as of the past two days, planning a live Overthinkers event here in New York City. It's going to be sometime in November, and we want to see you there. Um, Anybody who is in New York City or can make it to New York City, we want to have you there. So stay tuned. so much fun. Yes. Overthinkers in a room, drinking mocktails, laughing at stuff together. We're doing it. We're finally doing our first live Overthinkers event. Um, so that's super exciting. So go to the website, theoverthinkersjournal.com, and keep an eye out for that. And... If you enjoy the podcast uh, and you're a really intelligent person, please give us a review. It really does help us so much and share with a friend. Fantastic. I think we're ready to start the episode, right? Let's do it. Cool. All right. So how do we know that we're smart? Being smart or being intelligent is one of the most highly desired traits in society. Merriam-Webster defines intelligence as the ability to learn or understand or deal with new or trying situations or the ability to apply knowledge to manipulate one's environment or think abstractly. People who are smart are more likely to succeed in college, have highest paying jobs, be most softer for romantic partners. But what does it mean to be smart? And how do you know you're smart? For many, the dominant answer is the IQ test, which is designed to measure cognitive ability. However, there are some who argue for a broader definition of intelligence. Dr. Howard Gardner of Harvard University argued for a theory of multiple intelligence, which would incorporate things like physical and emotional intelligence into the realm of intelligences. 
Others, such as famed Canadian psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson, reject this notion, believing it waters down the definition of intelligence to things that are not measurable and practical in its predictability of a person's future life prospects. Nathan, <laughs> how do you think we should understand what it means to be smart? And how do we go about deciding whether or not we are smart and what that means practically for us going forward? Oh, man, there is so much to unpack here. And um, I want to preface this with a little bit of, I guess, my story where I'm coming from. I'm someone who grew up with learning disabilities, mm. uh, a, a very severe and uh, a large amount of them. And it has actually been my one of my kind of life studies in into discovering what is intelligence? Because as a very young kid, I didn't very often feel very intelligent. Yeah. And I come up from a very high achieving family. All my siblings are high achieving. My parents are high achieving. So your scale was a little bit different from maybe other yeah. people. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so it was an interesting, um, uh, thing. Yes. <laughs> <Being> Great <laughs> smart words. <laughs> Being raised in a high achieving, uh, by all definitions, very intelligent family and struggling with learning disabilities. Yeah. And so my definition of intelligence has been evolving. And I'm going to have to disagree with the good Dr. Peterson here. Yeah. This is one of, one of, one of, one of the first for this podcast. You're yeah. like, no, you are wrong. <laughs> but I, I really think he is. No, I, I, I would agree with you on this, but I want to hear you. Genuinely you. wrong. Yeah. And I understand his contention. I do think there is a, um, when, when we aren't one thing, we say, well, we should just define it as something else, right? right. Yeah. Uh, if we're not, you know, let's say physically fit, we can say, well, let's just define everything as fit. And then exactly. everyone's fit. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I do understand that fear, but I think it's a little different with intelligence. Sure. Um, of course, there need to be measurable marks and boundaries. Sure. We can say this person is smart, this person is intelligent, this person is excelling at this, this sure. person would be right for this job because they have an intelligence in this area. But I think that our definition of intelligence has been too narrow right. for too long. And now I'm not saying you should be open up to everything, but I do think that when you have a scientist a, uh, like Howard Gardner, right. who spends his entire life researching intelligence, I think we ought to listen to him about this. And basically, I just want to kind of sum up yeah, some of some Howard of Gardner's life thoughts. Work yeah, ideas. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, All of his life's work will be distilled down into a Exactly. Yes. But but he 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 kind of started his work. His work revolved in this really interesting theory that uh, here in the U.S. and and most around the world, um, it, when we test for intelligence, especially in children in school, and we teach intelligence, what we teach, what we test, we and even in the workplace, we generally um, teach and test it in about two to three ways, I believe. Now, it, I'm going to, this is all from memory, so if I get it wrong, please go research his Oh, yeah, Howard Gardner fans, you go say, hey, you, you yeah. missed this point of it. Correct <laughs> us, please. Yes. <laughs> but his thing is that we really only measure about two to three types of intelligence. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't say that everything's intelligence. He actually has a very limited um, definition of what are intelligence, yeah. but he does widen the spectrum to say, okay, this person is really good at mathematical thinking. Right. right. Mathematical, logical, um, uh, analytical kind of thinking. But you said there is an entire different kind of intelligence right. that exists with different kinds of people that we don't measure for. And and to be honest, and I think this is what uh, where Peterson might go wrong. It might be really difficult to um, measure. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not there. Right. So we've all met someone who has really high emotional and relational intelligence. I'm not talking about someone who goes, I'm an empath and knows if you're feeling sad. I'm talking about someone who knows how to read people, who knows sure, how yeah. to feel emotions of others, who knows how to use those even to their advantage. One of the is interesting, the definition you gave of intelligence 
the word manipulation is there to yeah. manipulate your surroundings. So with that definition, someone who knows how to read people yeah. and their emotions and what they're feeling and how they're saying causes them to feel or not feel, that is someone who can manipulate their surroundings. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And so Howard has, I think, seven, I think he's even added a couple or nine of these. And it's really, really interesting to see, yeah, that really is an intelligence. And all of the intelligences he lists end up following up under that Marian definition, yeah. um, uh, de- yeah. Mary definition of being able to manipulate and help your world. Yeah. And it's not going to be in every single way. All that to say is, it's interesting as a kid who grew up not having my kind of intelligence measured right. yeah. and feeling stupid as a result. Uh, and maybe I'm a little biased here. Of course I am. But I really tend towards Howard's view of there are multiple kinds of intelligences. And I found that being good at spelling, which I'm not, being good at math, which I'm not, yeah. doesn't uh, not being good at those things doesn't make me inherently stupid. Right. There are other ways and other aspects of my intelligence, my brain that I have found that have served me very well yeah. in my life. And so I think that's a place to start. You have a lot more comments. We'll get into this deeper. Right. But this is a really interesting conversation um, because I think we need to start broadening, I'm sorry, Dr. Peterson, our, <laughs> I, our idea of what intelligence is. Right. So I think that the, you, you bring up a lot of really good points and a lot of really good perspectives sort of on this, this debate about what, what, what is intelligence. We'll get to how, how you can decide if you're intelligent first, but we, we do have to sort of get the, the uh, definition sort of down first. But I think that you make an excellent point, which is that it depends on how you define intelligence. And, and there is always in sort of words a bit of a mixing of a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. I think what, what Jordan Peterson is sort of afraid of, he, he is afraid of, is he really wants to keep to the thing that we know we can measure. Yes. And right now- He's a scientist. He's a scientist, exactly. And right now, the other kinds of intelligences, we don't have a really good rubric for measuring them in a very scientific way. Wait, I want to ask something real quick. I want yes, you to of course, um, this also can correlate to the difference between science and art. Right. Yes. Um, and I think that a lot of people, we, we all know that good art exists. Right. Right. But it's hard when you actually ask someone to define what art is yes. or even good art. It's a much more difficult task, even right. though we all have seen and experienced good art. Right. And I think the same applies here. Uh, with a mathematical problem, you have an answer that you can verify and see, what right. see with it's not so much in the art. So I think that happens with the intelligence. And so I think, kind of I think that we should, exists. yeah, I think, and again, his sort of agenda, John Pearson's sort of agenda is that he doesn't want the um, SATs, you know, for college admissions to get rewritten to, um, to incorporate other kinds of intelligences we can't actually accurately test for. And so the thing is, I think that the way to sort of reconcile these is to note that there are other intelligences but we don't yet have a really good reliable way to measure them. And so we don't necessarily shouldn't necessarily put them in uh, try to do them in, in measure them in an ineffective yes. way. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't, again, looking at like through art, like or through understanding that just because you have a less measurable kind of intelligence doesn't mean you don't have an intelligence that you shouldn't attempt to um, grow, expand, and apply yeah. in, in your ways. And this is a thing I think is, is, is interesting. You say, it's like, you know, we all know, and this is the thing, reason why the multiple intelligence resonates with people, is that we all know people who are really good at things that fall under how we all sort of anecdotally understand intelligence, which is, mm-hmm. you know, there's a Merriam-Webster definition of intelligence, but we, we kind of, summarizing all those, but people kind of, you know, colloquially mean intelligence to be able to understand and apply um, what we understand to the world around us. Even that's a pretty wide definition, yeah. to be honest. I'd no. say more falls under, can you remember this thing? Yeah, and so, and so the thing is, it's like, okay, you know, it's, you know, so that means 
if you can understand something physically, like you, it's like that's muscle memory. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can understand, that's a way of understanding something and then applying it to your environment. Yeah. Being able to, so I think that most people kind of mean it that way. And so that makes sense to say, okay, there could be physical kinds of intelligence. There could be, but even if you don't think that should be called intelligence, you think it should be called giftings or talents or things like that. The thing is, we kind of as a society kind of use intelligence to mean you can understand and apply your environment. And so we also use it as a barometer for value. For value, exactly. And so when you say someone's not intelligent, for many cases, we hear that as you're not valuable. Yes. And so I think that in a sense, like, are you smart? The question that people are really asking is, do you have something valuable to offer the world in a way that you can have ownership of? Yes. And so it's like, oh, I have, I have this gift and I've decided to use it the world. I have some kind of control over it and mastery over it because it's in my mind and it's something that I can, um, that I can understand and apply. Um, and so I think that, so that's how I would say is, okay, ask the question, are you smart? Ask the question, is there something you're able to understand and then able to understand that in such a way that you can apply it to your environment that benefits either you or yourself or others or yeah. others in such a way. And so that's the kind of question you have to ask yourself and sort of start from there and understanding again, you can understand that broadly. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I understand the need for testing and being able to define intelligence, right? right. That, that's a useful thing. But what I think, um, you mentioned earlier that we might not have a way to test or understand right. uh, or measure these different kinds of intelligences. I don't know if that's it. I think that we haven't tried. Sure. Because I think there are certain intelligences that are beneficial to um, a, a, how do I say this, an organized society. We haven't tried long enough yet in any case. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, and yeah. so and there, there's the, the intelligence that, are, that benefits society. In other words, memorization of facts is going to benefit sure. uh, the worker in the job. Sure. Uh, someone who can use good grammar or do math is going to benefit the worker in his job. Someone who has an emotional intelligence on paper doesn't sound like it's going to be that useful ultimately yeah. um, for the workplace, for the society, or someone who has, you know, even um, artistic intelligence sure, yeah, yeah. outside of the artistic world. That's not going to be that beneficial inside of. We haven't figured out a way to measure it yet. The walls of the office. Yes, that's but I don't think we've looked that hard because I don't Perhaps think not. it's Perhaps that. Not, yeah. I don't think it's been that. Um, high on our priorities. Perhaps that, um, that could be true. Yeah. Because I don't think it's something that we need, but I'll say one of the reasons I think it should be a priority. Sure. Yeah. And this is, this is something I've, I've experienced is, you know, there's that quote that gets attributed to Einstein. Ah, yes. Um, but I don't think it was him. I think it was just some anonymous person. Yeah. So um, no one yelled at me, but basically, <laughs> if you judge yeah, a fish yeah. on his ability to fly, he's going to feel stupid yeah. the rest of his life. That's yeah. a big paraphrase, but meaning the fish was never meant to fly. The fish was made yeah. to be something else. And Howard Gardner had a pretty big statement where he said that he believes that every child, every, every normal, and I say that very, very you know, the, Sure. Big broad brush. Every normal child has potential for genius, but the reason they never reach genius is because they are never cultivated sure. with their specific genius. And this is why I would, I'm going to give a plug to um, homeschooling. Yep. Yep. Is because I think had I started off in a public school where they only measured intelligence by, if I could spell necessarily, which by the way, I'm 32, I still can't spell necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I totally don't use spell check. And yeah. I do that all <laughs> the time. <laughs> but, but if I had been, if I had started out in that system and, and said, well, he can't do math very well. Well, he's right, not yeah. very good at spelling. 
then I think I might've felt stupid my entire life. And that would have been a self-fulfilling well, prophecy. And what I was lucky enough to have in my, my home was a family who said, okay, he's not good at spelling. He's not good at math. Cool. But rather than forcing me to yeah. be good at something I was never going to be good at, they said, but we believe he is intelligent in some way. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. But I believe Aang can save the world. Well, that's, and that's the thing. I mean, again, I'll, you know, both of us were homeschooled at particular times in our lives. And so I can, I can plug, that's one of the advantages of homeschooling is that it's not like to, to bash schools or teachers, but it's just no. not possible to get to know each individual student and their own giftings, their own learning styles all at once. Much less tailored education. Much less tailored education. It's just not. And so, you know, that's an advantage. There are disadvantages to homeschooling, but the one advantage is you as a parent get to know the kid and can yes. able to tailor it to them. And that's advantages we both had. Um, so we're able to know what our giftings were and lean into those. My parents saw that I had gifting in particular yeah. ways, uh, creatively, musically, yeah. Um, uh, relationally, and they said we can we can cultivate this. Yes, yeah. we'll, we'll help him in the things he's not great right. at. Shore up your weaknesses and and lean of into your course. strengths. Yes, but they but they said these. This is how you were designed, right? And so it's a better use of your time and our yeah. time to cultivate these natural yeah. gifts slash intelligences. So here's so here's what my question I would say to sort of like move this conversation forward is that how does one discern what their intelligence mm. is, and so therefore what to lean into? Yeah. So we, we've kind of uh, gone with Howard Gardner on yes. that. Okay, yeah. yeah, there are multiple intelligences. It's like, it's like, okay, so for, it's like for all practical purposes, Howard Gardner, I think, is right. At least for most of the listeners who are listening to this who aren't going to be deciding who's going to get to college or not. You know, it's like, what is your intelligence? What is your gifting? What's your flavor? Tell me what's your flavor? Um, and how do, you, how do you discern that? And where do you, where do you go from there? Yeah, well... That's a great question. Um, I think once you grasp that, okay, uh, maybe I don't have to be smart in this way. Yeah. Let go of the shame of sure. not being yes. smart yeah. in that way. Let go of the comparison. Yeah. I, I still struggle with this. I still look at people and be like, wow, I'm not smart. No. And I have to remind myself, no, you are. Let's lean into your ways. Right. Um, and so I know it sounds a little kitschy, you know, well, you're special in your own way. But you are. But you are, yeah. So I think one of the things that will really help you is, one, first, believe that you do have potential for genius. I know that sounds a little self-aggrandizing. Sure. But if you believe, like like us, <laughs> even if not, that you were created by God. Yes. With, uh, and you were specifically designed and you have giftings, yeah. then you have to believe that he, at least even in a broken world, did a good job. Yeah. Uh, and that you have potential for dare I say it, genius. Right. That's step one. Accept that about yourself that you have potential for that. Yeah. Um, and after you've let go of the old standard of this right. is what intelligence is. Next, I would say start exploring what you've noticed in patterns consistently yeah. in your life um, that you're good at. Yeah. And, and and really, I mean this, I don't mean, because I think I've heard a lot of people like, I'm really stupid. And I'm looking at them going, are you kidding me? You are the one person you are the um you're the person here in this room which is why this whole party is happening right. you, you've connected with everyone in this room that is an intelligence yeah to know how to form friendships to know how to so start looking at the giftings in your life and say wait is this actually my intelligence that i've yeah. been given is this actually a way that i'm really smart might not be spelling or math or whatever it is but oh so this is something i'm really good at and so look for those things in your life that, that come naturally to you and that you see a long consistent um strength in 
and start really taking those seriously. Because yeah. if this is your intelligence, this is something to be honed and used, especially if you believe in God and we're meant to use our gifts. Start honing and using that intelligence. Then I say also ask other people. Yeah. Yeah. So I have people around me who are very well uh, aware of the places I fall short and the, and the ways I'm not intelligent, mm-hmm. but they're also hyper aware of the ways I am. And they actually help me lean into my intelligence yeah. more because they can point out, you know, Nathan, you're really good at that. Yeah. Well, I've noticed that whenever we do this kind of thing, you really have an eye for an ear for yeah. this or that or this. Or someone come and ask me my advice on something like, oh, that's interesting. I guess you yeah. see me as someone who has insight into this. Um, so ask the people around you, what ways do you see that I am intelligent that don't fit in this old mold? Uh, what ways do you see? And then you can take that and start honing these and growing yeah. in them. Yeah. I, those, those are, those are excellent. Those are two that I was, that I was thinking of. I mean, I think, you know, one, one thing, you know, to start off with is, fi- is experimenting with things mm. like trying different things. It's alive. That's a good start. Like, and, and one of the things you don't ever, you don't want to make this the only thing or ultimately thing for a variety of reasons, which we'll get to in another podcast episode, but you start out with trying things that you enjoy, because one of the things is yeah. if you enjoy something, you're more likely to spend time doing it and therefore more likely to get better at it, you know? And so that's something you can look at as like, okay, what do you enjoy doing and trying that and seeing if you're good at it. The second thing, thing is, yeah, find out what things you are good at over time. And, and that is, and partly it's partly you can measure that, but also partly other people will tell you they're what, a good barometer. Yeah. It was like what things you're good at. I mean, again, I've had, I've had multiple people like, you know, again, one of the reasons I have confidence to do this podcast is I've had professors tell me how good I am at summarizing. Yes. The things that they're trying to explain in class. And that's something I have literally told you, not even knowing. What it is. Yeah. You're really good at it's making this we'll be out you know at a bar or something talking about these big subjects and people might be talking past each other and joseph will step in and be like i think what they're trying to say is this i think what you're trying to say is this and they'll both go oh (laughs) so like again like that's that's why i have confidence to do something like this podcast like oh okay i i know that's something that i can do and i'm good because other people have told me that yeah so that's so like finding out what you enjoy, finding out what you seem think that you're good at, and then finding out what other people say you're good at. Oh, I want to add. And then also, I mean, again, you know, I, so that's, I, was gonna say, I, I think I've not, nah, he just, you just made me forget what the other thing I was going to say. Oh, I, okay. think, I think, you know, one thing is, is, oh, I was going to just say is that you bring, because we've, 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 we've done it. We've brought in the Bible. We've brought in Christianity here. The, one of the things that they do is the Bible does describe the, the church particularly, but you can extrapolate this to humanity ideally as a body. And so that the idea is you're supposed to find the way that you are making the world better. It's not the way the way other people are making the world better. Yeah. And he actually says like, if, you know, he who is good at teaching, let him teach. Mm. He who is gifted in, 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 you know, in speaking in tongues, let him do that. If he is gifted in ministry, like whatever it is, that is going to make the world a better place. If you actually lean into the thing you're actually good at. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, those are, those are some really good ways to, to find what you enjoy, what you think you're good at, what other people think you're good at. What's another thing you said? I was going to say, and this seems like it should go without saying, but um, one of the thing, ways I learned what I was good at is is leaning into the things I actually love. Yes. Yep. Yep. If you have a natural love and inclination yep. towards something, like um, since I've been very young, uh, and this has been a, a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I always love discussing and arguing. Yep. Not even arguing, but really discussing yeah. things. And of course, this says I've learned how to use this well in a way that doesn't uh, look like arguments or, or that's just confrontation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they just don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> they just can't handle the heat. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, I love discussing ideas, and here I am. Rocky like a hurricane. Uh, discussing ideas yes. on a podcast. 
And so I think what are the things, and I've always loved playing pretend. I know that sounds funny, but as yeah. a kid, I played pretend. That was something I did naturally. And I'd write I don't stories. know any kids who love playing pretend. But, <laughs> but, oh, but I love writing stories. And, and look, I'm literally an actor and a yes. filmmaker now. Yes. Look at the things that you've loved for a long period of time. Not just the things you're good at, because I said yes. that earlier, but the things that you're drawn yep. to still. Um, not the things you want to be good at. That's a whole other episode. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Well, we, we've got that plan. We've actually but got the a date plan for that. Actually, one. good at and you love doing. Yeah. Um, and look at those and hone those and realize that those might just be a form of intelligence. Yeah. That you can use for the betterment of yourself in the world. Yeah. Also, also one last thing, sort of, I, I guess, to say about this is that there is an aspect we sort of touched on this before of intelligence being a barometer of value. Many times people want to be intelligent because they want what is to be valuable. And the thing is that, you know, it, and what that often does is it leads to people becoming toxic when they discover they're intelligent because uh, they think that because they're intelligent, other people are not, or at least they're not in the ways that they value. They look down on other people and they separate themselves off from and say like i don't have anything in common with these other people mm. because either because i'm intelligent they're not or i'm intelligent in a way that they in a way that they are not and therefore we have nothing in common boy everyone is stupid except me or again they because they don't measure up to their own standards of intelligence they don't see themselves as actually having value and the thing is <clears throat> While there's something intrinsic about to be handy, I think of being able to understand things and then apply them in a way mm. of the world. I think that's intrinsic to our humanity and something very valuable. It, there are people, and you know, again, I you know, I, I work with them at my job who can't, you know, understand and apply the world in a way that um, they're going to benefit the world in a way that we can see. And even if you're not, it's not an extreme case like that. The you know, you are not always going to feel like you are excelling in this place. Mm, this is good to be said. Yeah. And the thing is that um, the only way for you to have a healthy relationship with your intelligence or giftings, and this is a weird paradox. I can't explain why it works this way. Just know that it does. Um, you only are going to have a healthy relationship with that if you think you're valuable, even if you are not producing something for the world or able to manipulate the world or able to understand the world. And let's just pretend for a second that you or I or anyone, let's say they, they don't have any high form of measurable yeah. intelligence. As people who believe we were created by a designer yeah. in his image, you are inherently valuable. Yes. No matter where you think or you even do fall on that scale of any intelligence yeah. definition, you are valuable wholly apart from the definition of intelligence. Intelligence is a great tool. You yes, can use it and you should use it in the ways you have it, but you are not valuable because of it. And that, that's the thing is that, you know, again, I, even if you don't, you know, if you're not a Christian or you don't believe that we're creating the image of God or, or not sure about that kind of thing. The thing is, I think, I think you can, psychology just shows us that we know that until you actually believe that they're actually valuable before you're able to do something produce, like that, produce yeah. something in the world you're not gonna have a healthy relationship with yourself. Or no, no, absolutely not. Well, and I think there's, and real quick, I think there's a reason, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons that people have tried to give a narrow definition of intelligence for a long time is because we love clubs. 
And we love <laughs> it's also another we, trick. Yes, we love feeling better than other people. Yes. And we love um, we love gatekeeping and say, yep. you can't be in here. We like yep. to feel so I like to look at and be like, well, what things am I the 99th percentile? How am exactly. I special? Right? Because we all want to be INFJ special. is the most unique yeah. personality type. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yes. But we love feeling special and unique. And that's why people like to keep this narrow definition yeah. of intelligence. Well, I have this number yeah. of IQ, I have this number, so I'm special, you're not. Yeah. And I think I understand that as a human, believe me, I understand sure. that as an actor. <laughs> um, but that attitude run amok has um, created racism sure, yeah. and sexism and, um, and- It dehumanizes you and dehumanizes others. Yes. And so I think, again, going back to that, before we even enter the intelligence debate, we have to talk about how that has no barometer for, yes. value, for someone's yeah. value. Yeah. Intelligence is a useful tool. And I think we've gone through a few ways that you can yeah. find out if you're intelligent and how you're intelligent. So great. So you're valuable even before you're intelligent. But if you want to discover what intelligence you have so you can make your life and other people's lives better, hopefully there are some ways here that were helpful. But if you ever have any actual ways you want to suggest, please let us know. Send us the email. Or if you're in our Facebook group, drop a comment and give us some of those. We'd love to hear those. Cool. So what do you think? Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Blessings Fantastic. And Let's get to blessings and curses. Again, we're into blessings and curses where we take a piece of art or media that or resource that we think applies to this and we want to recommend to you, i.e. bless or stay away from, i.e. curse. I've got to figure out some like other word for analogy for curse. That's it. <laughs> I'm always figuring out a new weird one. Anyway, do you have uh, something you want to start or have you start? Yeah, I'll go ahead and jump in with my blessings and curses. Um, I'll go ahead. We mentioned a few times today. I'm just going to go ahead and bless this book, Multiple Intelligences by Howard Gardner. Mm -hmm. This is really what kicked off this whole idea of, oh, there are multiple ways to be smart. Um, I I could pull up the whole list, but uh, off the top of my head, what I remember is that there is... There is analytical, mm-hmm. there's relational, there's na- there's natural, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's physical, um, uh, what's something that musical, yep. mathematical, uh, and then some more creative oriented yep. ones. So there, it, and he goes into all of these and how they look and what they look like and why they are actually de- defined, Can be defined as intelligence. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So uh, Howard Gardner and Multiple Intelligence is absolutely blessed. I was gonna bless my parents' book, Clay and Sally Clarkson, who wrote Educating the Wholehearted Child. Mm. Um, uh, Howard Gardner actually influenced some of this book and how they decided to homeschool and educate their kids. And a lot of it is based around looking at your kids' unique giftings and intelligences that don't fall under uh, the popular yeah. or cultural definition of intelligence and still helping them become thriving, um, healthy people with their own unique giftings. Yeah. So uh, another great book is Educating the Whole Heart of a Child. So please read, I think you'll like it. And just for fun, I'm gonna bless Sherlock. Ah, um, uh, yes. I feel- Great uh, show. I feel a uh, particular kinship to especially the modern iteration of yep. Sherlock. Yep. And no, not just because we're both immensely charming and <laughs> handsome geniuses. Um, actually, that's it. That's the only thing. <laughs> no, I just really enjoy the show. And um, I think it shows someone who is learning yeah. how to use their intelligence yeah. to help others. Yeah. And it's a great arc because I think um, intelligence can be very selfish. Yeah. And I think that people can use that. And and, and that's how you see great supervillains are are people who use their intelligence for right, yeah. the best villains. I look at Thanos or whoever. Or Lex Luthor, yeah. Yeah. But I think Sherlock is a great um, example of someone who who realizes their intelligence, who have grasped hold of that. He's done the first part and then, and then goes into the world with the help of others to decide how yeah. can I use this for the betterment of both myself and others. Yeah. I, think, I mean, there's a, couple, a lot of great lines in, in there. I mean, like one is a, a, a conversation between him and his brother, Mycroft, where they said, you know, remember when we thought you were the stupid, we were stupid? 
Yeah. Because he was not like he's not as smart as his older brother. Um, but also like you have this arc where he he has allowed his intelligence to wall himself off yeah. from other people, but he's not, and now he actually through Watson, he's able to actually his intelligence then becomes something that he's actually able to help him integrate in the community. Well, and I also great. say this touches the the show touches a little bit on what we talked about at the end of the episode, which is she defined his value and worth by yes. his intelligence. Yeah. And then he comes up against this villain who is equally or more smarter than he is. Exactly. And so there's a little bit of a, a lot of it of a, of an identity crisis. Yeah. I, and what he learns to start doing is finding his value and worth yes. and his people and relationships around him. Yeah. As love him. to yes. how good he is at thinking about things. Yeah. That's so, actually, absolutely fantastic. That's a great, a great thing to point out about it. Uh, uh, do you have a curse? Let's see. I do. I, the curses were harder. But yeah. let's go with something I've been watching lately. Just oh, yes, yes, yes. Everyone says I should, and I did, and you they were, were all wrong. wrong. <laughs> you were all wrong. I'm sorry. I know everyone loves this show. Uh, it's called The Morning Show. It's on Apple TV. It has Reese Witherspoon and um, Jennifer... Um, Aniston. Aniston, yep. Uh, friends. And girl. Steve Carell. And Steve Carell. Uh, listen, it's well done. It, uh, by that, I mean it, it's it's well shot. <laughs> yeah. It's about where it, it has is. actors in it. It has actors that really like it. Yeah. Actually, like, <laughs> really, really like these actors. This movie is kind of, um, I don't know, the anti-intellectual movie. Yeah. Basically, all the bad guys are the ones who think, and <laughs> you're only a good guy <laughs> if you cry and feel things. Yeah. And so it, it's, um, if you're thinking about something and coming to a lot of conclusions, you're probably evil. You're probably, yeah. Um, but you know someone's good if they cry. And I, I promise you, if you had a drinking game, where you where you drank every single time someone cried or yelled, it literally be drunk in ten minutes. Like, <laughs> it's just insane. And to me, that's lazy writing. It yeah. wants to be the West Wing. It wants to be Sorkin. Um, and all it ends up being is not really smart clean, enough to be Sorkin. <laughs> well shot um, soap opera. Yeah, and it's so overwrought and it's so heavy handed in its messages. I don't care what the messages are. Um, left, right, up, down, Christian atheists. I don't care if it's well done. This is so yeah. heavy-handed in what it's trying. It's just, and it, and it tries to it force you into taking the message because it says if you don't feel this, even if you're thinking something different, right. you're evil. So you're bad if yeah. you're not crying. It's just like that's the thing is you're not crying at their show because they don't earn it, but they tell you that if you're not crying, it's actually because you're a bad person. Yes, and I don't think that's I'm not a how bad it works. Person. Yeah, that's not how it works. No, you didn't do your job. That's not yeah, how it works. Right. So I, I got it. I, yes, I'm gonna watch the second season. <laughs> Because I need, I need a good hate watch, but it's... That's fair. I'm sorry. I know that some of you out there love the show. Please forgive me. I'm in the minority here, but this I, show I've is, heard no good things about that it show. It won Emmys. I, that's true. I, I just hear that. It's really bad. Hey, it's... it's uh, as someone says, if you, if you don't have anything good to say about your friend short film, just say, well, it's really well lit. Yeah. <laughs> the show was really well lit. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. I'll try to keep these short. I have a few... Um, I, I want to do, uh, first I'm going to bless um, How to Train Your Dragon, um, because I think that that's a great way of describing for kids, particularly, to mm. understand the idea of multiple intelligences, because he has a whole, uh, he, he lives in a world where the, the only type of sort of gifting, you could say, uh, is value, is the ability to make war, mm. the ability to do violence, and the ability to fight. Um, and what the protagonist discovers is he's not really good at that. What he does discover is he's actually good at building empathy and building connections with others and building connections mm-hmm. again with his dragon is able to use that to partner to actually become a leader. And so I think that, again, it's, it's also just one of the 
best written, I think, animated it's movies. So it I've, I've so watched. It's, I, I, I had a blast watching it. I'm not even super as much into animation as my Nathan friends are, but like that's I really great, great. It's really, so, so like definitely, if you want to explain this idea to kids, and also just a great animated film that anyone can enjoy, watch that film. Um, I'll also say a couple of the TV shows I think do a great job of showing how intelligence can alienate you from other people, but also uh, can be used to uh, to um, do good for other people as long as you're connected to a community. Two shows we've talked about this before. Once Monk, yeah, which is you know about, about an OCD detective who is very smart, but also like relies on his community to help him do daily tasks, um, and then. Um, Death Notes, which is an anime about two incredibly intelligent people, one who uses his intelligence to alienate himself, another who uses his intelligence to make the world better. I think, again, like, that's an incredible show if you're struggling with a smartness and alienation. Um, I'm, I'm curse. I guess I'm going to stick to one curse in this, in this case. I mean, curse Vice in particular, but in general, the wor- recent works by Adam McKay. And not because I dislike Adam McKay. I think he's incredibly talented. I think he's incredibly smart. But so he's found a couple of his intelligences. Yes. Which ones has he not leaned into? Um, empathy intelligence. Oh, which is really hard because again, he's he's decided he wants to do intelligent social commentary satire. Okay. But the problem is he refuses to actually understand what people who disagree with him actually believe. So he's not able to lampoon them effectively. So because he's including the straw man, not actually uh, them. And that will always be less um, effective, effective because we'll discover very quickly it's not real. And he also has this idea, uh, actually, he acts like he's smarter than you while you're watching. Don't you love those people? I know. Just like, and the thing is, basically us. I, and he's like, he says, look, you're not smart enough to understand this, but let me explain to you in a stupid way. And I'm like, I understood this perfectly I well. I just didn't agree. I just don't agree with Yeah, exactly. Or even if I agree with you, it's like, I understand this perfectly well. You're acting like you're smarter than me when you're not. Mm. And so that kind of arrogance and that kind of lack of empathy just undercuts the stuff that I really want to enjoy because I like his ah. combination of comedy and smart kind of satire, like yeah. that style leaning. I love that. But so he always undercuts himself because he doesn't have empathy or humility. So I was I like, see. so like Vice in particular, but even the big short, which I liked better, had a, a lot of these problems. So please, Adam McKay, just learn to empathize with other people. Or and maybe not- find someone who has that intelligence and help them write your films. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, I, my, I will let you know my rates. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yes. um, cool. So uh, that, I guess, is uh, our blessings and curses nice. for today. So um, if you want to get in touch with us, how can they do this? Uh, well, you can get in touch with me at NathanClarkson.me or find me on a social. Just search my name, Nathan Clarkson. I'm also going to plug on this episode a couple of books I wrote. I wrote a book Perfect. called Different, yep. which has a lot to do with the subject we wrote, we talked about today. It's written by both me and my mom, Sally Clarkson, and it was our journey through mental illness and learning disabilities as a kid. It's very memoir, but also has a lot of great points. And uh, I also wrote a children's book called Only You Can Be You, which is essentially about this yeah. and learning to love those things about yourself that are unique and different. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with learning yeah. to love the unique way that you are intelligent and not having to have it fit some mold of society or, or your parents or school, whatever it told yeah. you, you have to fit. Um, but yeah, so that's me. Uh, Joseph, how can people get in touch with you? I'm just, I'm on all the socials. I'm on Twitter. I'm on the Instagrams. I'm on Facebook. And you can also find me at josephholmestudios.com. And yeah, you can email us at The Overthinkers. So, all right, this is fantastic. Thank you very much for watching, listening to this episode. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.